welcome to the news podcast i'm brad and i'm jeremy jeremy we're doing something special for um a couple episodes yeah um it's kind of hard to describe yeah how would you describe what we're doing i think this is going to be fun i think it's going to be exciting and we're going to educate some people yeah we're going to a little educational Mm -hmm. and so um we were talking about the fact of how many movies there are that have uh, like a sequel that was not originally intended to be. So, right, like you know, uh, American Psycho sequels, two. or produced sequels, or yeah. stuff that became something else. Yes, and there's three of them that we've covered that mm-hmm. I can think of off the top of my head. Sort I know of. there's yeah, more, yeah. but uh, American Psycho two, mm-hmm. they just you know jam the the references in to the first movie. Right, it was uh, originally something else. Yep, Lost Boys two. Mm, was something else same thing uh american werewolf in paris what was that supposed to be it was some other it was just some other kind of werewolf movie oh i thought it was a script that was in like a garbage disposal well yeah and then they went pulled it out and went it's a script but that's the thing they're like the studio buys these and they don't want to waste them so they're like well can we like like tentatively or like tenuously connect them to the other ones yes how can um, we make some money off of them yeah so there's lots of movies that are like that but that kind of we were talking about that uh, and it got us thinking a little bit about, um, are there any movies that are like that in the reverse? And we immediately knew one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, we've, and we've talked about that. And we've talked bit. about that one, but we're not covering that. Yeah, we're not going to cover this it. This time, we, but we've we talked, will. We've talked about it on our show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were like, well, let's see if we can find a list of mm-hmm. stuff. So, what we're going to be covering uh, for the next X number of shows is... Uh, what we're gonna call sneakwolves. 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 Tell people what a sneakwool is. <laughs> a sneakwool, uh, as we that are we, coining that we it, coined, as we're coining it, uh, is basically a movie that is not really a sequel. It's not marketed. It doesn't come out as a sequel. It's its own standalone movie. But it was originally intended to be a right. sequel of a movie. Either it was intended to or spawned from a different movie. Right. Yes. The idea. The genesis of it. Yeah. And through through studios or through rewrites or whatever, it became its own individual movie. So right. these, these are movies that do not appear to be like the second series, the second in a series of movies. Right. There's nothing really connected to the movies. But yeah. But initially. The original, yeah. But on the, the original. Front. Yes. The original spirit intention of like what generated the idea for the movie was that it was to be a sequel. Right. So, so that's what we're covering. Yes. This is actually episode 153 of the Deuce podcast. Yes. Today we'll be covering E.T. Yeah. And you're the extraterrestrial. Yeah. And you're asking yourself, that's not a sequel. That's not. That's a sneakwool. It's a sneakwool. Of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Now, how do we describe this to people? So originally, Steven Spielberg was, when he was filming Raiders of the Lost Ark, well... Yeah, he was talking uh, about doing a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And there was a script going around in the 70s um, that he had, uh, or not a book, that they were turning into a script called Night Skies. Yes. uh, Which they were going to make kind of be a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Because Jaws was such a a hit that it spawned sequels, but it was without... Steven Spielberg. Yes. So he was all like, well, crap. Yeah, I you could know? have done better. I, you know, I could have done better. And so, so he was going to take his 
take a swing at it. Right. And Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that was a big gamble for Columbia Pictures at the time. Mm-hmm. So when it did become such a huge hit, they were like, we want to do a sequel. We also want to have Steven Spielberg's name on it because we don't want to make the same mistake of Jaws. Yeah. Not that Jaws 2 is a terrible movie because we did do that one earlier in our, in, um, our podcast, but it's not Jaws 1. Right. Yeah. So Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, the second one was supposed to be reversed. Now, when Steven Spielberg does sequels, he wants it to be the exact kind of opposite of what. Yeah, he what didn't. The movie he is. didn't want to keep it in the same vein as. Right. Like, he didn't want to make. He didn't want a copycat of the original. Right. Right. He never does. And so he wanted to change. Like his idea at the time was that he wanted to change what the genre was with it. Right. Um. And so initially, uh, he his idea was let's do some horror. The horror movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Where the aliens come down and sort of befriend a family, yep. but then turn on them in a way, correct? Uh, yeah. Well, it was going to be based off of. Um, so there was a like an experience that they. Yeah, there was there was a family. Found. Uh, was it in Arkansas? Maybe mm. I'm trying to remember. Was it in the south, the southeast, uh, United States? Um, yes, Kelly Hopkinsville. It's based yeah. on the Kelly, you know, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Yes, where a Kentucky family claimed Kentucky, that Kentucky. That's what it was. Terrorized by gremlin-like aliens. Yeah. So the 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 story went that these um there were lights in the sky, mm. and uh the lights went into the ground. And then these alien creatures came up from them. And then those terrorized this family and basically made them do things for them and take over and basically just kind of held them hostage before finally, Mm -hmm. you know, disappearing. And the family didn't want to be mocked for it. So they, you know, only told Mm -hmm. so much of the press, apparently. Right. So the aliens were pretty much going to kind of take these, this family kind of hostage. Yeah. Some people call night skies straw dogs with aliens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the the original, like, um, Spielberg starts working on this. And he takes the script and he approaches John Sayles to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he wrote this thing. And it's basically, uh, there were five aliens one of them was kind of dopey and, and kind of a family kind of alien. Like named he was Buddy. A buddy. His <laughs> name was Buddy. Uh, there was two of them that were like troublemakers. It was like... Spark or it something. It was like spitting something. Spitting, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there was like one of them who was kind of, you know, okay. And then there was uh, one named Scar who yes. had yes. long claws. Probably, yeah. And like was killing animals mm. and like was just the bloody one. Like you knew when he was on screen they'd be in trouble. Uh, so he started putting that together. He wanted yeah. Lawrence Kasdan to do it originally, but uh, but no. he got uh, John Sayles. Gar was a character. He was supposed to be a real badass after a Comanche Indian bad guy in the John Wayne film, The Searchers. Yeah, it makes sense. So that makes okay. sense. Um, and so he he put is putting this together. They're writing it. They're coming up with this horror movie that goes with it. Um, and he even went as far as to engage Rick Baker mm-hmm. to work on it. So re- here's Rick Baker, who uh, who had been working on American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. um, and been 
done the amazing effects there and has worked on so many different projects. And so he's putting time and money into this. And uh, Spielberg was like, uh, he was working on uh, Temple of no, no, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark at that time. Yeah. And so he wasn't like, you know, spending a whole lot of time on it, but he kind of mm. kept an eye on it. He also tried to get Toby Hooper to work mm. on it. Mm-hmm. And Toby Hooper turned it down because he was not into aliens. Yeah. You but I'll, I'll circle back to that in a second. So yeah. Toby Hooper said no, but I kind of like the idea, but no. And so uh, he's going through everything. Now, you know, you have uh, Rick Baker toiling away on these sculpts, and they're very interesting looking. And we'll throw some pictures up of those up later. Mm. Um, but they are very, very interesting looking. And, like, you could see what he was going for, and you could see how, you know, it, it would aid to, like, a horror movie. It almost looked like, um, for those of you who have seen the movie Pumpkinhead before, it kind of had the look of the character Pumpkinhead. Um, so he's working through all of this. Uh, but Spielberg starts having some kind of doubts about the script. Like he he's wanting to do this horror movie and then he starts going, but do I really want to do this? Like, is this right? And so, uh, then he decides, I mean, he's on, he's working on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. So he decides to ask some so people he's, he's working with. on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. He says, I was in between killing zombies and blowing up flying wings and having Harrison Ford in all his high serial adventures. I was sitting there scratching my head and saying, I've got to get back to tranquility or at least spirituality of the close encounters kind of feel to it. So he um, one day was talking to Harrison Ford's girlfriend at the time, who would later become his wife, Melissa uh, Matheson. Mm -hmm. And she read the script for Night Skies. But really gravitated towards the buddy character, yeah, and said, "No, you need to write a script. You need to have a movie about um a, a kid who befriends an alien." Yeah, because right? there were in the original script there were three kids, right? And she was like, "Those the kids." It was going to be from the kids' point of view. Yeah, and yeah. there was like it it was weird. It had a mix of humor mm-hmm. in it, like it was really dark, but then it would have this kind of like weird dark humor or kind of like these like offsetting mm-hmm. humorous moments. And here she said, but that's the stuff that really works in the script is mm-hmm. the family friendly piece of it. You know, the buddy alien, the kids, the kids stuff is great. Yeah. So um, he said, so he was like, well, then write that and see what, you know, yeah. you come up with. So, you know, she does. And she eventually writes the script for E.T. Yes. And he loves it and says, yeah. I want to go with that instead. Well, that kind of pisses some people off. <laughs> Yeah, so because yeah, so they've been John's, working so hard. Yeah, John Sayles' script is basically mm-hmm. shredded apart. Right. Um and Rick Baker is probably the one who it's the worst of the bunch. He gets it the worst. Mm-hmm. So Rick Baker has been and these sculpts are meticulous. These the the prosthetics are just gorgeous. And Rick Baker, you know, pulls no punches. So it looks great. And Spielberg goes, sorry, buddy, we're not using those scary things. <laughs> sorry. And decides not to Do you have anything more like turtle-like and kitty-looking that could sell dolls and cereal? And you can see the gen... Like, honestly, you can see... You can. You can see bit. Rick Baker stuff in there. And you that's did, why I kind you of... You did like, go... That, they look like the aliens from Independence Day. Yes, they do. Kind I'm of. Like, yeah, they kind of A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. But it's like... 
I almost feel like Spielberg kind of ripped them off. They also a have little bit, a little bit of gremlins to them, too. Yeah, they do. Um, but in any case, he's like, peace out, Rick Baker. Well, Rick Baker already spent like 700 grand on like sculpting and all the materials and like getting these things put together. Like he's gone full bore on Steven Spielberg's mm-hmm. word that this is what they're doing. And then they pull the plug. And so now he's out like 700 grand. And so uh, Spielberg wasn't going to pay him for that. And so mm-hmm. that caused this huge rift. So he, Rick Baker wouldn't work with Steven Spielberg after mm-hmm. that. So that's why we're saying that this is not necessarily a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But they're, the genesis of it came from yeah. the, the original movie of Close Encounters. Yeah. In fact... Night Skies is a film that would later uh, be put on, you know, hiatus, obviously. Yeah. Because it would later be more of the idea of E.T. and then later on Poltergeist as well. Right. Of the family that gets tormented. Yeah. So that's the so Toby that's Hooper where piece. we come back with Toby Hooper. Yeah. Right? So Toby yeah. Hooper had been had been pitching some ideas and working with the, the John Sayles script mm-hmm. and said, like, look, I don't like the alien stuff. But what if it was like ghosts? And Spielberg was like, okay, yeah, 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 okay, I can get behind that. And so then they took that and made it into poltergeist. So the family that gets terrorized by the aliens, instead they're getting terrorized by ghosts. So the original script of these aliens rising from the ground Mm -hmm. and terrorizing them then became, when they added the ghost aspect, Mm -hmm. and became poltergeist. Right. So Poltergeist itself is also kind of a got its right. genesis from Night Skies. And then Gremlins later on is more a genesis of yes. E.T. So they started to then play around with an idea of an E.T. 2 again where they would use they would use uh Baker's aliens mm. his five aliens again mm. kind of coming back to that idea and then they again scrapped it and instead made it into gremlins. Mm. Now, we find this very fascinating. We find yeah. not only the whole idea of sequels, the whole idea of the fact that uh, a movie itself that might have been a sequel would later then become something else. Like, we yeah. love that. And we have found more that we're going to cover. But this itself is just so full of layers on top of layers of, of just... You know, ways of like how he took the script and was like, no, I'm not going to do that now yeah, because of an experience they had. And the fact that he himself was like his parents are going through divorce. So he himself was going through the whole idea of divorce uh, or abandonment in that of those. Spielberg's was? Yes. Oh, okay. And that's the genesis of also through E.T. So right. One right. of that aspect uh, put in there. And that's why you get. Uh, the D. Wallace character in all, all E.T. with yeah. the father being abandoning, um, you know, the uh, the family and, and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And we'll talk a little bit more about that once we get into the movie. Obviously, this is a movie that I'll, there's a lot of people who have seen this. So we will not cover the movie as much as the idea of the sequel is concerned. Right? Because, yeah. obviously... There's a lot of people that have seen E.T. Yeah. If not over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I might, we might talk about some of the little fan theories, if not, that even might kind of have, not Genesis of Close Encounters, but 
may in fact in themselves be influences of other things as well because okay. it's not like spielberg doesn't have in like uh, does right. not influence other things right exactly you know what yeah. i mean so that's what's interesting so yeah. hopefully we're educating people uh with these next few episodes i love this i think this is a great idea um, I don't think we need a plot synopsis. People know what E.T. is. Yeah. It's basically a ripoff of the movie Mac and Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the love child of a turtle and a California raisin yes. Uh, yes. terrorizes right. the countryside. Right. Correct. With screaming and waddling yes. around. Directed by that guy from Blues Brothers. Yes. Co-starring that drunk child. <laughs> <laughs> Who now has a talk show. <laughs> You know, I, okay, so I will say, like, I, I kind of want to talk about this in the perspective of, like, as an adult. I, as honestly, an adult. It has been. Forever since I've seen this movie. It has had to have been at least, at least 30 years since I've seen this. I have seen, I haven't seen this as much as a lot of people. Yeah. I've seen this maybe three times. Once, probably 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And then when I was younger, obviously, when, you know. Yeah. Um. I don't think I ever saw it in the movie theater. I think I saw it at my aunt Leslie's. Yeah. But that's about it. Probably so, three or four times. I only remember, I think I only remember seeing it like a couple of times mm-hmm. when I was a real little. And then I had a Viewmaster of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, but when you do the Viewmaster, you only get right. the, the kind of like cutesy moments. Right. Like I don't, don't remember crazy that beginning. Shit. This beginning, I don't remember very No, well. I don't either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With the people like searching and then all the... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, what's going on? It looks neat. I mean, it looks very interesting visually. Yeah, sort of. But, like, if I'm not really... Yeah, I guess. I would really want to hear the perspective of someone younger watching E.T. for the first time. Yeah. And not, like, younger, younger, like a kid, but, like, you know, like, more of a generation. Yeah. Not, like, cynical, but, like, in a way that's, like... Well, this we, is kind we of weird. Did this all wrong. Yeah, like this us. is a movie that got made. Do you know what I mean? Should we pause this and redo it with a? Yeah, it's just like it seems odd that this is a movie yeah. that would get made and then become popular and then spawn off like some really weird shit yeah. like Mac and Me, where we're like, oh, I'm gonna make ET, uh, but I'm gonna make it you know really yeah. shitty. Um, so like I remember as a kid, there the parts that I remember mm. are, uh. Gertie screaming and him yes, screaming, him right. hiding in the closet with with the yeah when yeah. he's in drag uh, when he's yeah when he's got like the mm. when he looks like Agra from the Dark Crystal. <laughs> um, Smells like <laughs> Um When they go trick or treating, uh, yes, go out, you know, the when they costume. go to McDonald's and Jennifer Aniston's there, that's <laughs> Mac and exactly me. Sorry, right. but there's it's stuff like that. It's just those cutesy, you know, them mm. on the bikes flying over whatever, him going home. Doing the ET phone home. It's right, like, but like when I was stuff. younger, it's kind of cute. But when now that I'm older, I get more of what this movie really is. Yeah, and the impact that it does have, especially towards the end of the movie. Yeah, when it just gut punches you and just goes, "Guess what? It's not just a cutesy movie. It's about like letting go and abandonment and." And kind of growing up and yeah. really fast. And, I mean, yeah, and, it's uh, the more letting than, go of your child, you know, right. and he's letting go of your childhood. He's yeah. letting go of those things from his mm. from his childhood. It, it's like Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah. With with a tur- with, turtle. With a turtle looking alien. Yeah. Yeah. We spawned a bunch of, uh, you know, video games that no one liked. And, you know, they hit him 
you know. Oh my god. <laughs> you buried him in the desert. <laughs> buried him. Terrible. God, it's so crazy that that happened. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot that we can talk about about this movie. Yeah. Um, a lot of it has been already said. Uh, like the divorce aspect of it, just the whole family unit. Um, I would actually want to talk about to you, like who the main villain is in this movie, because obviously I don't think it's it's the medical people. There's no. moments where you don't see a lot of of it's from the kid's point of view, obviously. Yeah. So you don't see teachers, you don't see people of authority a lot, like FBI agents. Then you get. But you get this guy with keys, yeah. Who, who then, you know, towards the end of the movie comes becomes this surrogate father in a way yeah. for Elliot and um, and stuff like that. And there's like this weird scene that he has that I want to talk about. But first, um, well, yeah, I'll talk about that. That how there's this like surrogateness of him, yeah. And that he's that the only name they give him is Keys, yeah, because we see Keys. Some people have this fan theory that that's Elliot from the future, which is really weird to me that yeah. like, that would be like your fan theory. Yeah. But some people see say, oh, because he has that scene where he's like, uh, I'm glad he found you first. Yeah. I've been waiting since uh, 10. Since, since, I, since was I was 10, 10 for, this. for yeah. this. I don't know what that means if he's had an experience with aliens before that. Or what? We have a backstory there that obviously this movie doesn't go into. Right. That kind of fascinates me more yeah. as an adult than it did, you know, as a child. Yeah. Do you know um, what I mean? I I feel like. So I feel like when you're I don't a think kid, he's the villain. When I was a kid, I associated you know? with Elliot. Like, right. You, were you know, to. he was just his magical friend and whatever. Like, but like I get once we meet Keys. And you realize, like, right. he's not necessarily a bad guy. Because he's not the villain. Right. And when he says, I've been waiting for this since I was yeah. 10, I really get to feel like, yeah, he's, you know, we, we get the idea that Elliot has to let go of his, like, mm-hmm. of that wonder of that childhood mystery of, you know, like, he's mm-hmm. it's a growing up story. Mm-hmm. But I think that Keys also has to represent for an adult where he goes, I've been waiting for this since I was 10, meaning that, like, as much as he's gotten rid of whatever and he's grown up and he's now right. an adult, he always has had that still sense of that. Right. So it's not like he's ever going to be gone. And, and E.T. even tells him at the end, you know, I'll always be here. Right. And points. To that's why I'm like the whole fan theory. That's a nice fan theory, but it's just a theory of like, that's Elliot from the future because obviously a, how could it be? Yeah. And I mean, I could, I could see it, but it seems like an awful. It, that's a stretch to me. Yeah. But, but, and I don't necessarily think there's that scene where they're breaking in and, you know, he's, the, the brother has saved E.T. He's all gray looking, looks like a thumb that's been underwater for too long, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like a raisin, just yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And, um, the, uh, the government comes in and they're like in these hazmat suits, but they walk like zombies, which is the weirdest thing yeah. to me. But even I don't think that they're the real true villain no. of the story. I think the real true villain of the story is Elliot's father. Yeah. And he's the person that you don't see. And this yep. is what makes this movie to me even more important than just a normal movie is that that's so powerful 
that you have this moment where that he has to let go of not only his best friend, which just happens to be this crazy alien, but in a way he is attached to the alien, but also surrogately through keys in a way. Yeah. Because he can becomes almost a surrogate father real quickly. Yeah. Not that he's like dating his mom. Right, right, right. All of a sudden. But it it just becomes this where he has to just let go of his anger yeah. of his father. Yeah. Who I think is the real true villain yeah. of this movie. I and, don't know if you... And I think that, like, he was, you know, E.T. is he also healing him family. in other ways. Yeah. Uh, and E.T.'s family yeah. didn't really abandon him, but, like, they did in a way. But they it, came back. But they but came his, back. But his right. dad isn't going to. Right. Well, and, like, the whole, th- you know, and I... Again, I paid zero attention to Dee Wallace right. when I first watched this. Outside right. of her being you? a mom, right? You know, like you always have that character where it's like the mom who's, you know, oblivious to mm. stuff or you know for whatever kind of relief. And it was like I was watching her. She's so underrated in this. Yeah, like I, I was watching her and I was going, I wish I knew. Like she, uh, she's obviously having a hard time. She's had to leave mm-hmm. her kids a bunch because she has to work and do all of this right um when elliot's like he's in mexico you know dad's in mm. mexico with whoever basically his girlfriend Bimba, he ran whatever, off with. Yeah. and she's just like very upset mm. and like the the older brother is just like dude what is wrong with you what's well, not his like why should he have to you know <laughs> uh you know michael gets it because michael's closer he to the, older and, he's and older. elliot doesn't quite understand right. yet um, but like right. seeing T Baker deal with that and trying to deal with everything else. And then there's like, uh, the Halloween scene mm-hmm. where she's dressed up and you see her just sitting at home alone, like mm-hmm. snuffing out candles and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, Ugh. and then she finally takes off. True. And we don't, they never say where she's going, but I'm like, obviously she's either going to some sort of a party or mm-hmm. going out to hook up or whatever. Or something. Like, yeah. I'm like something adult. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just like, I'm very fascinated by the adults in the peripheral of mm. this world because we don't know what is happening to them outside of their home. Mm. You know, like we don't focus on that. Yeah. Not um, really. We just get the little glimpses. Well, and, but that's part of the whole thing with Spielberg. Like when he filmed this, if you notice, like all the cameras are from very low angles very low very because low it's angles. supposed to be from the kid's yeah. point of view. So mm. they wanted it to be in the eye line of the kids. Mm. Uh, so like the adults look towering, mm. you know, the, the teachers, you don't see their faces. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, if he, there would have been a trombone player and there would have been a peanuts <laughs> gag, but my favorite is when I, when I, when I said to you, I go, um, is Elliot two goonies for the goonies <laughs> to where they were like, nah, we don't even want you to be a goonie. Like that's yeah, kind right. of like, like kind of nerdy is in a way, yeah. So it's so great, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean that's those are my my theories and more. The father is kind of like the yeah, the father the is the villain. villain. Yeah, because he just left his you know yeah. family and, and you know for Mexican bimbo lady, right? whatever her name is. I I, I always thought that the but I never even got that when I was younger because like obviously. Yeah. It, I me, didn't come. I come when from, I was young. It was a throwaway line. When yeah. he says it now, I went like, "Oh my god!" Mm. Like I never realized. And even like, um, you know, you get um, 
like it was interesting me to me like the doctors like where I'm so used to yeah. in these science fiction movies like you get doctors who are like an alien murder, murder it. them yeah like we need just, to cut them open yeah you just want to kill it and yeah. dissect it but they were like no try to save its life like they're yeah they really to help are like e. Yeah, like George Clooney ER, like trying to yeah. save his life. And when when they yeah. think, when they think he's dead, and they all take off their their masks and they're like, mm-hmm. but again, I think it's like their sense of wonderment. Mm. Like it's almost like their piece of childhood, or like they're all mm. very interested in keeping this alive. And the only people who mm. like are like rah, 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 are the uh, the actual like FBI agents, yeah, or like cops FBI agents and the cops and like, yeah. anything of authority. Would obviously be because they're they, yeah. you know, want to protect, yeah, you know, and, and and you know all that. But um, you, you were telling, you were saying how like you were, you were watching D Wallace. I was actually watching Michael Brother yeah. a lot in this movie, and I was like, you know what, I didn't give him enough credit because there's like this scene where uh, when ET's kind of like on his deathbed. I don't mean to laugh at that. Sorry. Uh, E.T. on his deathbed. When he looks like a dried out dog. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes. When he looks like a jelly baby that's been through the wash like 400 times. (laughs) Looks looks like a damp (laughs) peanut Um, M&M. And he's just like, there's like a certain, because he has to be the, the man of the house. Yeah. And, but he's still a kid. Yeah. And I noticed like when he was like, he's the one that saved him in the park or not the park the woods yeah and then i noticed like when he goes and he's just like i feel bad i, I wish i could have done more and he goes to like the closet area where all, like, all the toys are yeah and falls asleep there yeah it's such a great moment that i never really even yeah kind of either. paid attention to yeah to where he's just like he's still a kid yeah that there is that innocence there that, that like he had he had that taken away from him yeah so quickly because of his dad like everyone's been, uh, like uh, you know, affected by this character that we don't even know that we've never seen before. Yep. Uh, and uh, and I thought that that was such a uh, nice, sweet moment. There's a lot. Like you talk about Spielberg, like less is more. That really is a scene where less is more, where like yeah. you get a lot out of that character. Yeah. And it's really not a lot, you know, that you see. Well, like I like that. That's not just necessarily right. We don't see the shark yeah. until you know. Yeah. You know, 20 minutes well, and, in the movie. Um, you know, like with Michael too, where he like, he backs the car down the driveway mm-hmm. where he's, or, and then later he has to drive. And he's like, but I've never driven forward. <laughs> like I've always just gone back. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. he's trying to help and trying to do what he can, but he's just a kid. And so no. it's like, it's, you forget a lot of that. Yes. But he's had to like. And that was and he starts driving away, and, and then no. Elliot kills those guys who are getting yeah, dragged. Yeah, and then Elliot <laughs> like pulls the and kills those guys right. in the tube. Can I tell you? Great. I'm, I'm very thankful that we saw that they put out the version again that has actual guns. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually am too. I'm actually better with that. Yeah, because that's to me more realistically. Yeah. In comparison to just kind of like no, let's just take the guns out. Yeah. Like, I'm like, well, that's dumb. Yeah. Like, it makes sense that there would be. Like, I'm yeah. Like I'm saying, law and order should be law. Like, that's your yeah. job. Like, well, even though, like... They they had like, the cops guns, but it's pigs. not, like, menacingly. And I think, yeah, like, it's not more, that. like, why why not put them in? Because I mean, the 
kids today have seen so much worse. Right. Like, you don't, you know, why why pull punches and pretend that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm glad that we saw, like, a version mm-hmm. that showed, mm-hmm. you know, the real cut of it. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm glad we saw the version where uh, uh, Drew Barrymore's drunk during the whole movie. <laughs> I'm. She's so. No, cute I'm just joking. Movie. You're right. Like you were telling me, like uh, when we were off, Mike, that you're like, well, she is really good in this. Yeah. Like she plays the part really well. Yeah. She's As a adorable. very young yeah. kid actor, she really hits it out of the park. There's a reason why she's she's big and yeah. she's you know. And also a Deuce alum. <laughs> Charlie's right. Angels too. Charlie's Angels too. I guess. Sure. I mean, she wasn't that. Well, yeah, but again, this is not a sequel, but yeah. it's just... It's when we talk about her, she's yeah. gone. It's a so. sequel. Sneakwell. It's a Saturday Snoo night snur. sequel. Sneakwell. Um, Snick. Snoo Sneaks. Snoo uh, Sneaks. Snoo Sneaks. Um, it's a silver surfer. Silver snurfer. Um, so, okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just... I think from a, as a perspective, yeah. it's just like watching The Breakfast Club as an adult, and I was just like... Oh my god! Oh I, my god! Why? Oh are my we, god! Now I wow. identify with the with Bender. the adults. Yeah, Bender is awful in that movie. Yeah, and yet, like, it's just so bad. I could go on. With yeah, that. right. I'm not going to. It's just, it, but it's, you know, it's only good to, like, characters like I guess I, I'm supposed to be with you. Yeah. fuck off. Yeah, right. It's it's Jesus. good to see these things from a different perspective too, because like from especially being an adult and seeing them, and you're like, wow. You should watch movies. Like, you should watch these movies as an adult. Yeah. Because there is that, like, we talk about the whole, you know, retro aspect of, of these movies. Yeah. We're like, well, that was so beloved when I was younger. Yeah. But you should watch these as an adult. Yeah. Just to get a different look about, you know, from I, them. I was... Because uh... you're going to have a different experience as an adult than you are, obviously, as a child. And I if was... you have a child, you should watch. I was very movies. surprised. So, I was like... Wait a minute. So for they went through and like digitally edited out all the guns at one point, mm-hmm. but they left they left Henry Thomas saying calling uh, Michael penis breath. Yeah, penis like, breath. Oh, okay, okay. That's almost seems like <laughs> you would do no, the opposite. Okay, can I, and also like there was moments with Michael before that too, where I was talking about where they're like making fun of Elliot. Yeah. Oh, you're from Uranus. Yeah. Where's your alien from Uranus? Uh. And then Michael, which I'm like, Michael, like you need to defend your brother. You know, the thing's real. Yeah. Like just be like, shut up. But then he's on the bus and like people, you know, are being unruly and he's just kind of like sitting there going, Oh crap. How do I like the kids are being kids and he looks like, he looks like a businessman with an ulcer. (laughs) He's just like, like he's, Unloosening his tie and taking quickly, a drink but of Maylock. Yeah, he's a, he is that character that represents that. We just don't talk about that because yeah. Elliot is more the focus that we really yeah. talk about um, because he's the one that you know is yeah. the main character. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah, good times. Okay, good times. Great. Um, so we usually talk through our five questions. We can still talk about them. We do. We might need to it's phrase get a them bit. differently. Or, um, what do you think is the best part of this movie? Mm, the ending. No. In fact, the ending is the the best part. Not the credits. But the whole aspect of coming all together. You get, like, this weird kind of family dynamic. Even Keys is there to 
say goodbye to, to E.T. You know, so there is this, like, really weird moment where it's, like, a matriarch and patriarch and family are there saying goodbye to this character. Yeah. Um, and just the way that Henry Thomas knocks it out of the park as a young actor, where you, like, really feel for him, it really is the best part of this movie because it gut punches you and makes it it elevates it to more than just a kid's movie. It becomes more, you know, like an art house film in a way. Yeah. Obviously it's not, but you can understand like this, there's a reason why this movie has resonated so many years. Do you know what I mean? There are movies that that come around every so often. And one of those is like wizard of Oz and ET is like one of them where it's just the whole fantasy yeah. of it and the whole magicalness of it yes. becomes just, you know, part of it. Yeah. And it just entertains people for years and decades. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I think the the ending for me is the, the best part. I, you know, and I would, <clears throat> I would agree with that too. Like, um, and I did not, again, and I've said this a bunch of times, mm-hmm. I did not appreciate this at the time. Like when I was well, young. That's weird that you didn't appreciate. I appreciated it. I just didn't know what I was watching. I, no, I didn't. I didn't care really two shits about ET when I was younger. Outside of like my little film reel thing, hmm. did not care about it. Well, it's because you always see them flying. Like they always show the clip of them flying in the bikes, and you're like, "That's magical, and all, but that's not all of what ET really is." Right. So yeah, I don't. I was blame you when I was a little kid. I was also not into very much like I don't know. Like I wasn't really into I, feelings. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, let's, I I watched let's a be lot true. of like I used to watch like the McNeil Air News Hour and like stuff. <laughs> what? I did. I used to watch that when I was a kid. Okay, because I was I thought I should be kept up on the news. Right, <laughs> it was bad. But I mean, not that I didn't watch cartoons and shit like that. But like. You know, something like E.T. just didn't resonate with me at the time. Which is weird because this is a movie kind of, I mean, of you growing up a little faster, too. Right, but yeah. do you understand, though, why I wouldn't have associated No, I understand it very because, much closely. Because I was already... Living that. Yeah, like yeah. I was already, I already had to be a grown-up when I was a kid, sure. so being, you know, uh, the the kid aspect and the growing up part didn't make sense to me because I was already kind of That's having true. to do that. Yeah. So. But that being said, like as an adult and having a newer appreciation for things and being able to look back at that, I'm like, oh my God, like I get it now. I get it from the perspective of the kid and having to grow up and kind of shed those things off and grow up too fast. And I really appreciate it from the perspective of the adults where it's like, you know, that's, we've all had to do that where we say goodbye to that. Those kind of, even though they never truly leave us, even like E.T. said, I'll always be in here. You mm-hmm. know, you always will have that, but you've had to let that stuff go. You have to let it go in order to be part of you. Yeah. It's, re- it's really yeah. odd to say it like that, but, you know, it's a it's a grown-up thing. Yep. And, it's a, and so, like, that know. really, I was like, wow, okay, like, I get it now. Like, now that I'm grown up, and I can look at it now that I also have a better understanding of myself, like mm. as an adult, looking back on myself as a child and right. like what I experienced and what I went through. I'm just like, I get why I didn't get it back then, mm-hmm. 
but I do get it now and mm. I definitely appreciate that. So like, I do think like mm. the, the whole thing was, I get like the magic of all of it and like everything I was seeing and like the performances are just good in general, you know? Yeah. Um, but there is that aspect of the fact that, that this wasn't the original aspect of what this movie yeah. was going to be. And that also is kind of a shame, yeah. but we do get this movie in, in yeah. that process. So that's good. Yeah. But you know, a horror movie by Steven Spielberg, is not, you know, something I would not, not see. I would right. Love right. That, right. You know. Okay. Well, let me, okay. So normally we ask, do you think this movie stands on its own? Well, okay. clearly it's not connected to the first clearly one, so I'm going to change so, it up. Yes. I'm going to flip the script on us. No, I answered. Yes. <laughs> well, quite, quite, yes, it does. Do you, uh, is the connection to the original right. movie that would have this would have been a sequel to, is that connection clear? The original Night Skies is clear, not the Close Encounters yeah. part of it, but the, the original aspect of, from the kid's point of view, um, and the alien being part of like, like not befriending, but like coming close to coming down to earth. Yeah. Uh, and kind of having, having that invasion part. Yeah. The night skies does, but not close encounters. I don't think that necessarily does. Yeah. Although if you were going to have a close encounters of their kind, number two, wouldn't it then be Richard Dreyfuss's character coming down with aliens? Yeah. To say, no, they are peaceful. They're here for you. You know, and then having that whole aspect of, are they, are they not? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, some maybe. But um, I say the original script of yeah. Night Skies, yes. Close Encounters, no. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Now, see, I actually, I could see it. I guess my, my whole thing is I don't even get the clear, a real good, clear connection of Night Skies and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I think necessarily they seem was... They seem very different to me. And not That's just why. the genre. Yeah. But like the, like, okay, so they came down and did all these things and took him back. And so now they're sending back other aliens who are like. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tear your shit up. Yeah, I that think you would need a prequel of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, not a sequel. So, see, this one, this to me seems closer to being a sequel to Close Encounters than Night Sky does, because me too. Because I guess I get because what you're saying. the Close Encounters alien, like you know, they when they ended up, they you know they took Richard Dreyfus with them and did all this. Like I could see. Them being that same kind of like yeah. they're visiting Earth and but being really, exploratory when they show it. up, he like yeah. they lose ET and have it based off of that. And but actually, I think it would have worked out better if uh, Richard Richard Dreyfus was Elliot's dad, so he leaves with the aliens, and then there's that yeah. like dad left. We got this turd with turtle feet, you know, like yeah, waddling around. Yeah, or if he was keys or something like, but that would have been weird too. Yeah, you know, then you got the whole yeah, that would have been dumb. Yeah, so yeah, but I, I, you know what, kind of like if that was Elliot's dad, maybe. Yeah, you're right on that. I could, I could see mm. this being closer. Like, I feel like this is more in the like spiritual sense, like mm. tied to the same thing Spielberg was saying. Like, 
he they had night skies and he's like guys i don't feel the same like spiritual connection because close encounters was almost this like spiritual experience yes but we don't know a lot about the aliens except they really like bah, 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 yeah they really bah. like they really like first wave yes music <laughs> new wave music yeah or they um, like yeah music that sounds like a simon like yes. game yeah, and he commu- communicates with his with a speak and spell on yes, ET. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the aliens are from Planet Parker Brothers. <laughs> the, uh, no, we like, are from Planet Parker <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> no, but like get I, a clue, everyone. I feel this has like oh, I that was comical. There's like this element of hopefulness and like mystery and like you know the great unknown mm-hmm. in close encounters and i feel the same thing really in et with a lot of that too like there's there is like a, a it's got this like spiritual like you're gonna be okay you know you're gonna have to let go of these things and this is gonna happen but you're gonna be okay yeah and i get that feeling like it's gonna be okay with this mm. i read about night skies and i'm like this sounds like a, this sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, this sounds like a nightmare. It yeah, really does. and so that's why I don't see the connection between night skies and. I only see the connection of so night much. skies through like the, uh, not the original aspect or the tone, but the, yeah. the ideas somewhat are there, not necessarily the the follow through. Well, there's a scene. It talks about where like Scar is standing on the side. I'm not of the talking road about Scar. With, I'm talking okay. about Buddy. Oh yeah, with Buddy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I get the the ET connection. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah. I really get. I just don't know the aliens very well in Close Encounters. Yeah. And that's what like I don't know what happens to Richard Drives' character yeah. when he when he boards a ship. No one does. Yeah. You know what I mean? They immediately devour him. Right. Well, like yeah. we don't know that. Oh, we we've feasted and now we don't care for another. <laughs> Well, you know, they, 20 years. At the beginning, E.T.'s people are just, like, taking plant samples. Yeah. You know, for oh, their yeah. horticulturists or whatever. I don't know. We don't know that either, really. We 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 don't know much about them. Yeah. Except they're in the Star Wars. Yeah, except they... Family. Well, and that's that whole thing is confounding, that's too. That's really weird. Where he... Of course... Of course, uh, Melissa Matheson puts a bunch of Star Wars references <laughs> in there. And so he's talking about Star Wars to E.T. And then, like, later, E.T. sees a kid in a Yoda mask yeah. and, is like, reacts very strongly to it. Mm. And so people are like, ooh, what does that she mean? She was like, maybe Keys could be my husband. <laughs> and so, no. but he put, uh, but then later they put the E.T. aliens in Star, Star Wars, Wars, in the Phantom Menace. But that would, would that mean that? But then that's so stupid because it's so complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, that's agreed. Dumb. But but it's like, wait a minute. But they're referencing something, and then they're that they've already that they know about. Yeah, unless it's in like some sort of like, you know, universal mm. consciousness of some kind or whatever. But yeah, that's yeah, that's weird too. But uh, that would also explain how he like levitates crap because he's using the because he's using the force. Yeah, correct. I mean. Some people just think that's just what the aliens do. Yeah. But what if that's the force? Yeah. What if it is? You know, and what if he's using the force to connect himself with, to Elliot? Yeah. You know, through all that, yeah. too. And I mean, he does with the other aliens. And, yeah. You know, he can heal him, which is, you know, mm-hmm. the like using the 
I guess midichlorians. No, midichlorians. Life force to, yeah, to nah, fix them. That's, yeah, so um, whatever. <laughs> um, does this make you want to watch Close Encounters of the Third Oh, Kind? anything will make me. Uh, mashed potatoes make me want to watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's true. This means something. Getting abducted um, makes me I like Close Encounters, but again, one of those movies I saw when I was younger, need to go back when I'm older and watch that and probably get more uh, appreciation for it. Agreed. So, I th- yes, I think it does. I've watched I've watched more Close Encounters than this, but I don't think I've watched it since we've been together. I honestly think Close Encounters was on television more. I don't it know. Is. This was on television too a lot, but the Close Encounters was on. Yeah, all for a long time. It was like time. a lot of times they had like a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, like a of... USA or something. Yeah, would play Close Encounters. And yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah. Yep. No, I've I've mm. seen Close Encounters a bunch, but I would definitely watch it again. It's been a little while. Mm. It's been a hot minute. So mm. now normally it's been talk... a New York hot minute for me. <laughs> normally we talk about reboot, continue, or cancel. Mm-hmm. But I want to say why not? Um, c- continue. Continue. There, I answered. Go ahead. Et two. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather have seen this or the intended sequel? This, the intended sequel seems like, like you said, just a mess. Yeah. Just like it just seems like that's not a Spielberg enough movie. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe I would watch a Spielberg horror movie. We saw Jaws is a horror movie. So yeah, yes, Jaws is a horror movie. He can do a horror movie. You know, in a way, um, Jurassic Park is. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um, so there is, I just think it's too dark. Yeah. For a Spielberg movie. I mean, it talked about like. And I think that would be his full on scenes yeah. of like animals getting mutilated. I mean, we have Bridge of Spies. Can we just have that? Yeah, we can just watch Bridge of Spies. But that's just, just a like movie ET with a, yeah. a bridge of spies. Yeah. The musical Bridge of Spies. <laughs> We're on a bridge of spies. We're on a bridge of spies. <laughs> this um, whole bridge is full of spies. Okay. Um, you know, I also think I would rather watch this than the other yeah. one. It sounded like it sounded all over the board. Um, and like they they talk about like there's dark humor things. Like think of the original script. They like kill an old lady or something. She oh she hits one in the head with a broom. Yeah. And then they fight back. Yeah. Or hit her so hard, and then like a piece of her dentures flies into somebody's drink or something like that. Like, yes, very weird. And, and her like, name what? was Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> but it seems like it seems like they're just like be aggressively violent, and then have like a little bit of black humor, and then kid humor. I and think then you this, just like, described uh, Gremlins. It kind of, you but know? it's it's like all over the freaking place. Yeah, I think with because obviously that was. Joe Dante, wasn't that Gremlins? Yeah. Um, I just feel like that this movie, like that movie Night Skies, I think has too many aliens. I don't know. For me, like having a whole five aliens kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's too much for me. Well, okay. So it reminds me. There's a movie that it reminds me of. Back in Me? Uh, no. Not E.T.? Well, we weren't talking about E.T. Sure. But Is I it haven't Mac seen and it me? forever. And it made me think of it when they talked about the five different aliens mm-hmm. and like. Oh, and each alien had a different power. Yes, and that's that was way the other too much. thing. Like so weird, but then it reminded me of the movie Spaced Invaders. Okay. Um, which is funny because he was wearing the brother was wearing a space. He was talking about Space Invaders, the video game. Yeah, it was um, Patrick Reed Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
was the director. Mm. And so uh, I think it was the director of it. But yeah, so he, uh, he was a writer, writer and director. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, you know, it's five, I think five aliens come down and they basically terrorize this little town and everything. And I'm just like, it almost seems like they got the idea. Probably got the idea. From and we're just honestly. like, oh, what was this going to be? And just like, they were probably it. like, what was it going to be? And they brushed it off. And or they found the script and were just something. like, huh? And just redid it. So it wasn't recognizable. Who's this Spielberg guy? Written by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> what? Screw it. Let's do it. We're going <laughs> space. Let's invaders. do it. We're doing it. <laughs> Someone grab my teeth. What? Yeah. All I right, mean, he is the director of Baby's Day Out. <laughs> that's, no, that's... Who was that? Who directed that? That was, that was Johnny Patrick Hayes. Reed Johnson. Okay. I thought it was Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes wrote that or something. What? Baby's Day Out? What was Baby's Day Out? It's um, it was a John Hughes movie. That's a John Hughes movie, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't. The worst thing that John Hughes we, did. John Hughes wrote it. Oh, it is the worst thing. No. John Hughes wrote it. But Patrick Reed Johnson. Is there a Baby's Day Out too? Is there a sequel to that? Can we do oh, that? Oh, I really hope not. Mm, we are going to do that one. I wonder if this was like the sequel to something. This was, was the intended the sequel. This was the intended sequel for Baby's Day Out. <laughs> called Aliens Day In. Wee. All right. <laughs> the, the, uh, okay. So finally, mm-hmm. sum up your experience in two words. Reboot, by the way. Reboot. Reboot. You want to reboot <laughs> it? Uh, timeless classic. This is a timeless classic. Watching this movie for the first time in about 20 years, um, knowing that this is from the 80s, by the way, did even though I knew it was, and the products were from the 80s. I didn't really, like, time didn't play a factor to me, right? Yeah. Like, it didn't really yeah, feel it, like it was an 80s movie. I didn't care about that. No, not it at all. It was just so timeless that the movie holds up pretty well. So, in my opinion, and just like I said earlier, with there's certain movies like Wizard of Oz, Willy Wonka, you know, the wonderment of it all. But to me, timeless classic is the two words. Yeah. But really, you, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't yeah. really get. You could just watch this now and be like, oh, these are kids just from now. Just with, you know. And I don't necessarily know if that's because the Stranger Things. I think Stranger Things is more 80s than this. Yeah. To tell you, to tell you the truth. Yeah. It, you know, the, but that's. Stranger Things is a nostalgia circle. Nostalgia jerk, thing. But, yeah. yeah. But, you know. But go ahead. Um, I just say growing up. Mm hmm. I mean, it's like you have characters who are being forced to grow up like prematurely, but then there's this moment of like everybody is growing in some way. Like, you know, Dee Wallace is becoming before she's kind of lost without that help, but she's becoming a stronger parent and a stronger mother through this. The brother is growing up. I mean, Gertie is is growing. Everybody is growing up. Even Keys is growing up through this, you know, like there's, everybody's doing that. And in a way like E.T. is you know, physically healing their, their wounds, but he's also kind of healing them all mm-hmm. and helping him to get to that next level. Um, I think it's a good metaphor for all of that. Like, you know, it's stuff that I, again, didn't get when I was young, mm-hmm. but now watching this and, and looking back, I'm like, yes, I totally get this. And mm. I totally get why this movie is important. Mm. Um, 
And so, that's yeah. why it's one of the best movies yeah, yeah. of all time. And I get why it's yeah. got that classic thing. And honestly, and I know this sounds terrible, but like forever I've just been like, it's okay. Like, like I didn't. You know what? Because you, we kind of, there is that cynical ofness of like, well, everyone knows that. Yeah. So you kind of just throw it away as something that everyone knows. Oh, it's kind of overrated. And this is overrated. Yeah. In the aspect of, of, of that there's other stuff that's really, really, really yeah. good. But this is just timeless. Yeah. This is something that will last I think forever. When I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? When that's I was a what kid, makes it really it good. It did movie. not. Um, it didn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely a movie that if I had kids, mm-hmm. if we had Very kids, so. I would be like, let's watch this together. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. So Very much so. Well, you've been deuced on that one. Sorry, I've just <laughs> been drinking water. Nothing <laughs> terrible. Where can people find us, Jeremy? Uh, people can find us at the deucepodcast.podbean.com. What's with you now? Deucepodcast.podbean.com. You can find us on Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, a lot of those podcatchers like that. Uh, you can also find us at thenophonynetwork.com. Um, we have all sorts of different people on there. Um, you know, whether it's reading, whether it's drama, whether it's comedy, whether it's sports, there's something mm-hmm. for everybody. So please check out our, our, uh, podcast network, uh, there. Um, otherwise you can also find us on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, at the deuce. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us on Twitter mm-hmm. at deuce podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. You've been deuced on that one. Join us next week when we will be talking about the movie version of the 1979 novel, Nothing Lasts Forever. Find out what that sequel is next week. little tip for you there. Ooh. Go ahead, Google that. All right. And remember, folks, nothing does last forever because we're done. And the sequel is the king. The sequel is king. The sequel is king. <laughs> Sneakles.
Test, 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 test. I am testing my audio. I am also testing my audio the way E.T. would. Elliot. I'm doing my whole podcast like this. Way too quickly in your cadence. Chakote. <laughs> this is... If it's faster, it's Kate Mulgrew. When it's drawn <laughs> out, it's E.T. <laughs> uh.